Hi, I'm Daniel Foley from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily community meditation, where today we're talking about being stingy versus being generous, while at the same time being mindful to not be wasteful as we're being generous. So we're going to be taking a look at this passage of scripture today, come from, coming from Proverbs chapter 23, where it says, don't eat the food of a man who is stingy, because inside he's always counting the cost. He's not focused on the people. He's not focused on being a blessing. He's doing it grudgingly or stingily. I don't even know if that's a word, stingily. But we're supposed to be generous, while at the same time not being wasteful. We see Jesus in the example of the where he multiplies the food, the fish and the loaves. That He's generous. He supplies more than enough food. But then he picks up the basketfuls of the leftovers. And so we're going to be taking a look at this today. Now, let's talk about our filters for today. Our filters, these are things that I keep re rewriting in my journal every night before bed as a way to keep things top of mind, a way to keep me in rhythm with God, I like to start with the big picture vision. For me personally, and in our program, the Abundant Life Blueprint, the big picture vision is Abundant Life training centers all over the world, making the body of Christ healthy and beautiful. So our program, the Abundant Life Blueprint, started about 10 years ago with Proverbs 13, 22. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And that verse inspired me to start creating manuals and lessons and systems for all the different areas of life. But when I got started, I had no clue where to start. So I began to seek after God. He began to teach me, began to train me, taught me this whole new way of living, where we make him the source, we make him the center of everything. But this also means learning to put off our old ways, learning to walk out this new way of living. I just began to document what he was taking me through, the things that he was teaching me. And it turned into a series of books and courses and blueprints that we have called the Abundant Life Blueprint. And the goal is to take these Abundant Life Blueprints and to build Abundant Life training centers around them, communities of people doing this together, thriving together. And then this year specifically, we're focused in 2022 on the year of the beautiful land, this rich inheritance that God has for us in Christ. And he's been teaching us how to hold fast to it, how to possess it and hold fast to it. And then this month in September of 2022, we've been focusing on financial stewardship, managing and multiplying everything that God's entrusted to us. And a huge part of that is understanding stinginess, generosity, not being wasteful, all at the same time, and helping us to find the balance of that. And then this week, as we go around God's yearly cycle, different times of the year, give us different glimpses, different insights into who God is and all that he's done for us in Christ. Think of it like a 360-degree view as we go around the circle of a year. And right now, we're in what's called the 40 Days of Teshuvah. Teshuvah means to turn or to repent. And in Acts chapter 3, it says that if the people would turn or to repent, that their sins would be wiped away and times of refreshing would come from the presence of the Lord. When we turn, when we repent, when we make adjustments, when we make corrections, times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. And then today we're going to be taking communion over this idea of stinginess, generosity, not being wasteful all at the same time, asking for his help with that today. Now, some people might be asking, why are we taking communion every day? Well, as I was developing those blueprints and the teachings for all the different areas of life, the one thing that emerged as the most important thing is daily communion. Jesus says, as often as you do this, remember me. Daily communion is what I call the number one table turner for all of life has the ability to create a turning point in our lives and change the trajectory of our lives going forward. 
The Apostle Paul says every time we take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus. And in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until you prove the death. So in a way, communion is like an activation of all the benefits that are found in this new covenant. But it's also important we take it the right way. How we take it matters. Every time we take communion, we take it with the fear of the Lord, with deep awe and honor and reverence for the sacrifice of Jesus and all that he went through. And so the process we typically use, we start with about a two-minute long prayer that's mostly scripture, coming from Ephesians chapter 1 and the prayer of Jabez found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves, because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick, and they die early because they don't examine themselves before taking communion. And if communion has the power to do that in the negative, I believe it has the power to make us healthy and strong and give us long life if we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion, we usually go over some health and fitness tips. Because I truly believe physical exercise is meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. So let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening, their families, all those connected to them and our church and governmental leaders. Thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear son. Thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. I thank you that Jesus was smitten for us so that you could fight for us. And I keep asking that you, the Father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better. That the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to know the hope to which you've called us and the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us and the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe. The same power that you exercised in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you put all things under his feet and made him to be the head of the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And Father, I ask you to bless us, to make your face shine upon us and let us find grace and favor in your eyes. Expand our borders and our territory. Expand our capacity to receive all that you've given us in Christ. And to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Keep your hand, or Send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today. And help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes. And do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Let's talk about making today a masterpiece. This is our time to examine ourselves. Because when it all comes down to it, we've got to walk out this day today with God. Bringing our relationship with him into today. And masters of anything are simply masters of the fundamentals. And that's where we talk about executing our four fundamentals. or bringing some presence and some fun into them today. But before we go through the fundamentals, let's remember, God's got a process. When he took the people from Egypt to the promised land, there were some steps and stages along the way. It didn't all just happen in one day. And in a similar way, for us to step into the promises and the inheritance that God has for us in Christ, I think there's some steps, there's some stages along the way. I think it starts with us believing God's got something better for our life. Better than we could ever ask or think or dream or imagine. That's being willing to move forward with him and his plan. To put off our old ways and to learn to walk out this new way of living. 
And that's where I think these four fundamentals come in. So our first one, let's get positioned in the light today. Every day we have a decision to make. Are we going to walk in the light or are we going to walk in the darkness? When issues and problems come at us in a day, we have a, we have a decision to make. Are we going to handle them in the light or are we going to get let those issues and problems knock us out of the light? And the shortcut to this, to stay in position in the light that I found, is very simple. Be thankful. When we're in the light, we're in thanksgiving, we're in gratitude, we're in faith, we're in love, we're in humility, we're walking in forgiveness. And the shortcut is just thanksgiving. Stay positioned in gratefulness. And when we take our position in the light, it's a big deal. Because when we step into the light, we have fellowship with God, fellowship with people. And all those good things he put in Christ, we have access to all those good things today. His spirit and power and love and peace and joy, his mind and wisdom, health and energy, purpose and grace, it's all available in there to be received and get it flowing through us today. So our first step is to get positioned in the light. Our second step is to magnify the light. We're going to turn up the brightness of that light within us. And it's going to expand the capacity where God can flow more of all those good things through us. And to magnify the light, very simply, what are we focused on? What are we magnifying? I like to think of two different baskets on a balancing scale. On one side, I got a basket full of all the issues and problems and testings that we face. On the other side, we got a basket full of our praises to God. Praising him for who he is, praising him for all that he's done for us in Christ, all that he's done for us in our lives personally. Which basket are we going to fill up with our focus, our words, our thoughts, our attention? To magnify the light, we're going to fill up that basket of praise. This is not denying that there's issues and problems. It's simply in the face of those issues and problems, choosing to fill up that basket of praise because we trust that God can solve those problems a whole lot better than we can. And this is where we have to learn to recognize the symptoms because when we're out of position or we're magnifying the wrong things, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. There's a lack of fellowship with people, lack of fellowship with God feels like there's broken fellowship. There's a lack of peace in relationships. We might find ourselves snapping at people or retaliating at people, acting in an ungraceful way. On the inside, you feel the heaviness and the weight and the pressure and the fear and the stress and the worry. But when we take our position in the light, there's rest in our soul. There's fullness and completion in him. And when we rest, God goes to work. And all those good things he put in Christ begin to flow through us. And when he does the work, everything is free and easy and effortless and energizing. And his peace and joy and love and spirit and power, it all just begins to flow through us. And if all that weren't enough, God gives us this amazing gift of grace. That if we ever get off track, it just takes a moment to turn it back around, turn the tables on it, get back in position again. I think it starts with recognizing those symptoms. And then we humble ourselves. Father, forgive me. I've missed it. I'm off track right now. We receive that forgiveness from him. We forgive ourselves in the middle. If we need to reconcile with somebody else, we take those steps. And we start praising and magnifying him for his grace and his goodness and his love. And that what he put within us is more than enough to handle whatever's coming at us today. And then our third fundamental. We've got to stay tuned in today. My favorite way to do this is with a journal before bed. I like to start with those filters that we talked about at the very top of my journal to keep reinforcing them every night before bed. And then I like to start my journal with gratitude and praise to get in position and then to magnify what went well today. What are all the ways that I saw God showing up today? And then I like to ask this question, God, what were you trying to show me today? 
and get still and listen and reflect back on the day. And whatever comes into my mind, just begin to write those things down. And then I like to plan out the upcoming day with God. And I've learned to stick with our fourth fundamental. What do I know to do today? What do I know to do today? That becomes the plan for the day. Because I learned sometimes I was getting out ahead of God, toiling away my mind, trying to figure everything out. On the other side, I was procrastinating on things that I knew to do. What do you know to do today? That becomes the plan for the day. And then we wake up like a kid on Christmas morning, excited for the day because this is the day that the Lord has made. And we get the day started right. And one of the ways I think we can do that is remembering that the first words out of our mouth every morning set the tone for the whole day. And this is something I feel like we can imitate God in by looking at the very first words we see him speak in the Bible. Let there be light. And so now those are the first words out of my mouth in the morning. Let there be light. And it's amazing how such a simple little thing brings a different energy into the day. And then we get connected with him. We start walking out that plan together with him. Full confidence in him. He's right there with us every step of the way. And when we get to that place of confident faith, with all the doubt and unbelief removed, his grace begins to surge through us. He begins to go to work. He begins to beautify our lives. And beauty is attractive and magnetic and begins to pull more and more of everything God has for us into our life. Let's take a look at the scripture today. Proverbs chapter 23. I believe it starts in verse 6 or 7 here. It says, do not eat the food of a stingy man. Do not crave his delicacies. For he's the kind of man who's always thinking about the cost. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. You'll vomit up the little you've eaten and will have wasted your compliments. And so we've, we're talking about financial stewardship this month. We've been called to be generous. And how can we be generous? Because we're trusting in God as our source. When we look to ourselves as the source, we've got to be stingy. We've got to pinch all the pennies. And it's good not to waste money. We don't want to be wasteful. But we want to be generous rather than stingy. We don't want to be wasteful. We want to make the most of everything that we do. But we don't want to be stingy. We want to be generous. And so, Heavenly Father, we're asking for your help today. You know, all these different financial decisions we make in a day, we're talking about financial stewardship. There's the tendency for wastefulness or stinginess, generosity. There's all these different opportunities. Help us to get the balance right of being generous but not being wasteful at the same time. Help us to get this right and to help us to remove any stinginess that's in us. Because that's not like you. And we thank you that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take a moment to remember. God sent us Jesus. He didn't have to. He chose to. He could have left us on our own, separated from him forever. He chose to send us Jesus, even though we'd missed it. We'd all turned to our own ways. We'd all gone astray. He laid upon him the sins and the iniquities of us all. By his stripes, we've been healed, been made whole. He became sin so we could become righteous. He became a curse so we could have God's blessing and favor. He was crushed and destroyed by God so that God could be with us. He could destroy the works of the enemy in our life. 
So, Father, we thank you for this bread and all that it represents. We thank you that you raised Jesus up from the dead. You raised him up and seated him at your right hand in heavenly places. And you raised us up with him, seated us together with him. You made us one with him. And it's that unity that brings peace, that oneness with God that brings peace. Something I've learned is that whenever we take communion in faith, whenever we pray in faith, whenever we get in faith of any sort, there's always this amazing sense of peace that comes along with it. Because often, often when we're not in faith, we're still wavering back and forth, and that's stressful. We don't have that peace. It's that oneness with him that brings peace. And it's not our own peace, it's his peace that's available to flow through our bodies today. And Father, I thank you for this bread and all that it represents and I ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. Then after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness and transfers us into the light. Into the kingdom of Jesus. And his blood washes us and cleanses us. Makes us new. Gives us his fresh start in life. We get to walk out this day today with God. He's given us his blood sworn oath that he's with us and for us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. We get to walk out this day in partnership with him. And that's something to rejoice about. Father, I thank you for this cup. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your juice, you can take your juice. All right, health and fitness. Just a little reminder today. It's important to get your regular workouts in, I think. But it's also important to play. Go play games. What do you like to do? Do you like to walk? Do you like to hike? Do you like to run? Do you like to play golf, tennis, basketball? What do you like to do? Go play. Go play games. Go play like a little kid again. It's one of the biggest keys to health, I think. Go play. Go have fun. It's an important part of health. But I hope this has been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, you can go to the Abundant Life Training Center.com.